and welcome back to another episode of Fajitas Tonight with me, Elle. And me, Morgana. We are recording from my bed together. Because we, we live, live together. together. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, so annoying. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're just highly aware that in every other episode, we have promised that we would get an episode to you within the next week or within the next month and then have it delivered for the following five months. But now that the distance between us is a little bit shorter than a tube journey across London or you know, COVID restrictions, it's just a staircase. We really hope to get some more episodes to you soon. How are you finding living with me? Um, It's the best thing ever. Oh, So happy. Oh, I feel very Ooh. content. I mean, obviously, we can't really do much apart from sit in this bed and chat rubbish together. So we may as well record it for all exactly. two of our friends that listen. Exactly. We've, you know, this podcast is de- devised and built off us watching things, consuming things. And I feel like all we do today these days is consume. I know. Perfect time for us to get recording. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait until my consumed food part is going to be about something I've eaten not in this house. Oh, we have done some good stuff, though. We've done some good stuff. More on that later. But in today's episode, something that we're going to be talking about is that um, it was obviously International Women's Day this week and... Our previous International Women's Day episode was about our favourite (laughs) rom-coms. But um, this year, um, like, in the news agenda and things, like, it has actually been quite a bleak week in terms of women's freedoms. We, it's hit quite close to home because me and Elle actually live right by Clapham Common. And there's been, like, Sarah Everard's disappearance this week. Um, And also, like, the Harry and Meghan interview dropping like it's hot this Monday um like it's it's all at the forefront of discussions and just coincidentally me and Elle have consumed a few things lately that are about like women and their freedoms and we thought we'd have a little chat about that today so should we dive in now let's get jumping in now right Elle I think we should kick off with the tv event the century the best movie i've ever watched oh i heard people at work were actually saying god can you believe it was two hours and i was like two hours i could could have could have watched another two honestly we are of course talking about harry and Meghan's interview with oprah which aired on international women's day one day this week we did an actual spread like it was an event it was an (laughs) event we made a dinner together and had like drinks and then sat and watched it and honestly every five seconds because morgana and i Managed to avoid the news all day. I did not yep, look. Didn't look at Twitter. People at work tried to engage me. Like, have you read the headlines? No, don't talk to me about it. No, saving myself and for then, the full impact later. Yeah, and Rach had, like, read some of the headlines. So every time something happened, me and Morgana would gasp, clutch onto each other. <laughs> and Rach would just look at us knowingly, like, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. It was one of those rare events, and I think Rach said this, but, like, where the hype actually... Like, the hype wasn't overhyped. No. Like, it was... They spilled the beans. They spilled the tea god i don't even know how we're gonna summarize like the best points that were dropped (sighs) i don't know because some of it's all being like reported and debated about quite a lot there was some really shocking stuff in there i think we well yeah god i've i've just remembered other bits that were go for it would you want to say one or two bits that you felt were really okay hit you hard not i mean all of it was in, like crazy but I reckon let's start off with kind of the beginning of the interview mm. where and one big point I think we can discuss is how mm. th- they discussed like how Kate and Megan were pitted against each other in the media oh 
my god yes so true because we've seen all the headlines and we've known it for ages you know the avocado the loaded toast yeah yeah reference was was reeled out and like we know that's been going around for a while you know like cradling the bump or can't stop touching her bump etc um but the real shocking bit from that whole story was who made who cry oh my god i couldn't believe that came out i know she's our future queen i was actually like meg hun you are yeah no but i mean i'm not like and and it didn't sound like meg was either but like mad at kate i mean no she wasn't she was was just like gracious yeah it it was just shocking that the way that the media had managed to turn it around and i think this was my main takeaway from watching the interview um which was all about like the invisible contract that the royals have with the media and how like harry basically said if you wine and dine the right journalist then that controls how you are reported yeah. and portrayed in the media and that's what like really annoyed megan is like if like you're promising like i've watched you um like what's the word cut like these stories or make sure these tiny ridiculous stories about the royals aren't printed Mm. and yet you allowed these horrendous not even true stories about me to be out there and you see that like when you watch the crown you can see the stories that they are able to silence yeah yeah i think so interesting that yours was more about the media i think my main takeaway from the whole interview was how much control the institution in quite oh, the firm, the institution over yeah. all of the individual members because I know people have like slated Megan being like, How does she not know? And I'm literally like, How would you know that yeah. it would be that controlling when you were in it? Yeah. You but would not. I've gre- I've just thought of one of the, the really interesting moments, which was when she didn't know how to curtsy. Remember yes. when she met the Queen and then she was like and then Harry was like, oh, you, you need to do this. We're about to meet my grandmother. And she was like, I thought that only happened outside. For sure. You, Which you totally would. You would just think that would be in public. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, that was crazy. And, you know, the whole passport thing. And I've oh. seen the media re- like report after that. Um, she went on these many holidays. Some of them were probably royal engagements mm. where she had to go. So they're obviously going to allow her. But she was just talking in general. Her freedom was being restricted. Yeah, definitely. And you see that. I'm not saying the crown is fact. It's fact. But... <laughs> You see that in the crown when she's just stuck in the palace all day. Oh yeah, totally. Diana is, yeah. and it was all about history repeating itself as well. You could just kind of see if that was so where it was coming from from Harry's perspective. Mm. And I'd seen a video of him on Twitter like the other day, and it was like all the times pre Meghan where he was basically saying the press get things wrong and like yeah, I, I'm not been happy. Anti-press. Yeah, and it's like it, you can't blame Meghan. He hasn't had like a total one eighty of views. It's like this was always inside him after what happened to Diana. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so the pitting Megan and um, yeah. Kate against each other. And again, you know, Megan was so gracious. She was like, yeah, she did make me cry, but she apologised, she gave me flowers, she did what anyone would do if you've upset somebody else. Mm. And then months and months later, she's getting accused of something that didn't happen, it was the other way around, but no one ever says anything. No one can comment on that. Exactly, totally. And still pitting them, they're being pitted against each other again after this, like, revelation and they're, you know, it's very much like Kate and Will's at royal engagement and Kate's wearing this pink dress to signify this. It's like, no, she's just wearing a pink dress. I know, I know. I think for and me... she's not allowed to speak. She couldn't even confirm or deny what Megan says. She's not yeah. allowed to. And they'll be under even stricter rules than, like, Harry and Meghan were because they're literally the future king and queen. So they have to comply. There's no option for them to leave. There's no, there's no option. Yeah. So you have got to feel sorry for them. And that's what Harry was saying. He was like, I can't be mad. Oh yeah, he was saying they're still in it, didn't he? Because they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so interesting. And I think you can totally see the moment where like 
Harry and Meghan decided to leave. And it was the fact that you hand over these freedoms, like literally hand over your passport, keys and driving license and no social media, isn't it? Or at least it was. She I... did she delete her Instagram. Yes, she did. She deleted her personal Instagram. Um, so you like you hand over those freedoms and in exchange you're supposed to get security and protection. And that was the moment when she like when she realised that Archie wasn't gonna have that security. Yeah. That was when And that they weren't protecting they her they from anything do. either. Yeah. They were literally protecting everyone, Andrew, I know, etc. <sighs> and not to protect I wish that him. had come up in the interview. I wish they kind of alluded to it, didn't they? Everybody knows. Which bit? When she was like they protect people oh. for things that like are true. And they oh, I see. Yeah. Very, very nice oh, well, accent there. Thank you. I'm practicing <laughs> my Megan. Um, and also, I just, I love her. I love her. I would I argue she is so eloquent. Probably going like, to get some comments gracious. from some angry royalists. No, like I'm not. Yeah. I feel sorry for them. Oh yeah, no say. For being stuck in it. I know, I know. So, yeah, I mean, crazy. We haven't, you know, there's, what else should we there's just so much i don't even know oh there's so much mental to unpick. health yeah. racism which one do you want i know there was so much to unpick but i think interesting for us because we like had been watching some things with like a bit of a similar theme i'd say in yeah. the same totally coincidentally but we watched rosamund pike's latest show where she plays another psychopath Alan she's Gone girl <laughs> she's so good is it the sharp bob that does it i know and her that voice. bob was so sharp. It felt like I could have, I could have hurt myself if I yeah. touched it. But her voice is also like, wait, let's try and do an impression. Why do you do that like that way? Oh you my know god, what I mean? that it's is quite, quite good. I mean, it wasn't my best. I need to think of something. When she's like, Nicholas Dunn, I love you, <laughs> but you've got to stop fucking that girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh. she's just got that voice. Yeah, she's got that control. She plays a great, so good. Do you want to say what the film's about? Yes, sorry. Away? So the film is called I Care A Lot and it's on Netflix and Rosamund Pike stars in I it. I think I watched it on Amazon Prime, actually. Got I it thought wrong. it was on Netflix. So did I. Which but I looked the other it? day, I couldn't see it. It's on a streaming platform that is large. That you have to pay for. <laughs> so, okay, one of the... Fine, one of the streaming platforms. <laughs> have a gooks. Um, but yeah, so good. And it's basically about a woman who um, acts as a guardian for vulnerable older people in the US so basically when they are deemed unfit to make decisions for themselves um, maybe because of aging or um, illnesses like dementia etc or they don't have any family members who'll be able to support them as they get older she is legally put forward as their guardian to make the decisions that are best for them i.e should they get like support at home do they need to use their own money to go into a care home etc and basically she runs this big scammy scheme oh evil where she's just pure evil and it's based on true story isn't it yeah i think it's yeah well it was inspired by a true story it's like a lot of the things that happen in the film yeah. which does actually go quite ridiculous but in a great way yeah so basically um, quick premise yeah. sorry so that's that's kind of what she does and she basically has got like loads of these elderly people trapped in her system where mm. she puts them in care homes and pays herself a tidy sum of their kind of money that they have to be their guardian um and like a lot of these people don't need to be in care homes she's just taken advantage of the fact that they don't have family or can it be easily manipulated um and she's got a whole setup with all these doctors in the care home to get this like scheme running and then she kind of she basically gets hold of and becomes the guardian of 
the wrong woman. Like, yeah. you don't want to mess with this. This woman's bitch. got connections. Yeah. So, and it's all about that. And it's just so good. I loved it. I just couldn't see where it was going. No, I at first was I was raped. like, I can't watch this. It's making me sad. Old people boo. But then I was like, this is sick. Oh, that so, was great. yeah, and I think. Like, yeah, and that also linked to when, you know, we watched the free Britney documentary as well. Oh, my God, yes. Well, for the I Care A Lot, I think Rosamund Pike, like, to make it, like, even though the plot does get a bit ridiculous, I think in her acceptance speech for the Golden Globe, she says, like, oh, thank you to, like, America's broken system, which helped inspire this and, like, telling these stories. I know. And it's true, because I think that is the director was inspired by people who, like scam the elderly because you don't look like like i think a lot of people think oh the elderly would just be like put into care homes Mm. and then they don't look but then there are bad people who can take advantage and get rid of those freedoms i know yeah no it was actually scary i was like god yeah all those people without family to help them out or yeah any kind of protections in this crooked system where she had kind of she had the judge and the legal system yeah under her her side well yeah under her belt and then she also had like doctors and care home like yeah. people that run care homes like actually scheming with her crazy yeah, so good but um yeah i guess it's all about taking control away from people that seems to be a theme about a lot of the things that yeah been watching and have no, been going on yeah you just mentioned free britney which is something else that we couldn't possibly not mention yeah. oh my god people are causing calling for the oprah to interview britney <gasps> now which would be amazing Imagine. that's the like the next thing but for context, um, Brittany, as we know, love her, in 2007 had a very public mental health crisis and a breakdown where she, like, shaved her head and, like, well, was papped, like, hitting, like, was it paparazzi's car with an umbrella or something? Yeah, um, and, yeah, and then since then, was it her... She's been under a legal conservatorship yeah. where her dad is now her legal guardian who makes all decisions for her about her money. Yeah. And with a lawyer as and, well. Yeah, and her health and, and things like that. And also anything that she can do, i.e. like if she's gonna do a like a tour yeah. or perform on something or be a judge, like he decides all of that as well, I think, for her. God. Scary. Oh so scary. Yeah. And basically there's been like this grassroots like kind of activist movement called hashtag free britney who have like spotted this and think that she wants to be out of it but can't and they like campaign and like start petitions and things to get her out and then this became so big that a documentary was made about it recently and watched it and oh god i just feel for britney so much i know literally her life up until that breakdown i i think she's a tougher woman than me i think i would have broken down after a year of oh, perhaps sure. being in my face 24 7 she was just such she was so young wasn't she you know when they were asking her really inappropriate questions about her love life oh and my like god her femininity and sexuality and all of those things like when she was literally like 15 years old yeah yeah, no, I agree. And I didn't realise that she was um, such, like, a talent at a young age. I actually didn't realise that, that she, she was, was, like, a, a prodigy. Thing, right? Like, was she or either? Is that I can't remember. Oh, you're getting confused. I need to listen to that. You do. There's a really good You're Wrong About series. They do, like, four episodes, I think, um, where they, like, basically deep dive into Jessica Simpson's book. And it's so interesting because it, it, it does relate to Britney as well because she kind of has quite a few run-ins with her. In a positive way, not a run-in, you know. Um, she sees her throughout the industry events and stuff because Uh they obviously grew up at the same time but yeah it talks about all of kind of the younger starlets so like ryan gosling 
um, Jessica Simpson, Justin Timberlake, Britney, Christina Aguilera, who all started off, I think, in the Mickey Mouse class. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it talks about them. And I just think, God, the issue is young people being pushed into the spotlight. Like, when they're so vulnerable and with no... Well, I guess back then, I don't know how it is now, but with no, like, help or support. Yeah. No media training. It's just, I couldn't do it. No, definitely not. I just think the, the, like, the the paparazzi in her face was just awful. And, like, even in um, the Free Britney documentary, do you remember one of them was interviewed and he still felt absolutely no remorse? Oh, my God. He was like, she told me once, like, don't take pictures of me today. And he was like, but I could do it every other day. Like, it was just so... Like, they just did, literally didn't get it. Yeah. We we felt like there could have been more for that doc, though. I think it could have been longer. Her mum should have been interviewed. It yes. could have been longer. We could have talked more about where she's at now. I watched... Um, I think she posted an Instagram a few days ago, actually. Brittany did. Mm. And it was like... Her Instagrams recently have been a little it's very bit... very odd. And this is why everyone's like, she's calling out for help. Yeah, exactly. Because it looks... Because there was one video where she was dancing and then she spoke to the, um, like, to the camera and she was saying oh, I hear a lot of you are, like, saying this. Yeah. And now everyone's like, I hear. Like, she's not controlling her own Instagram. Uh, and then there's also this conspiracy that she, um, when she's dancing, sometimes she doesn't know that she's being filmed and that it's, like, a two-way glass mirror. Oh, my God. It's actually scary, though, because we were saying, obviously, about, like, you know, with I care a lot, that's someone who's not your family, you can't trust. But mm, this is her dad. Like, I know. So you'd hope that you'd be able to trust your family, but I guess when you're privileged enough to have, like, a loving, caring family. Yeah. You don't even worry about those things and you just assume that they would always have your back. I think her brother was interviewed in the documentary, wasn't he? And I yeah. think he kind of said, yeah, she wants to be out of it. But no, her um, her recent Instagram, it was like, you. a lot of you have been asking me a few questions lately and it was all really mundane questions. Like, what's your favourite car? <laughs> and it was like, no one's asking you that, Brittany. They're asking if you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine people be like, um, my favourite car is my favorite car is a red car, and they'll be like, red, danger. She's yeah, I know, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, she must not. I don't know if she can control her own Instagram, because I was looking through and all the comments are like, are you okay, free Britney, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And like, she just doesn't respond to it in the content of her posts. No, I know. It's scary though, isn't it? It is, it is. How long till that comes out? Like, properly? I know. Confirmed. Well, I don't know. I think... Think his conservatorship was like extended, wasn't it? Until I th- I've got a feeling it's this year. Really, but this is not fact checked. I do not know for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. There but... was something about the lawyer as well. Yeah, he came out after the documentary and said something like, "Oh, it's all legit." Like, blah blah blah. Yeah. Obviously, because you're getting paid. And this is the other thing, isn't it? It's like like with I care a lot, where it was the people that were had the Guardian and were deemed as vulnerable, they were paying for Rosamund Pike's character to, like, look after them when they didn't need looking after. Oh. And in the same way, Britney is paying for the lawyers yeah, to that's fight so against her being true. able to exit the conservatorship. She's literally paying for both sides. Yeah, that is such a good point. God, the parallels. The parallels! I know. But anyway, I feel like we've... We didn't even finish Meghan and Harry. I know. Well, yeah, there's so much to come back to on that one. And that definitely ties into what we were saying, like... Is, is the entering the royal family in its way a kind of conservatorship? Yes, I actually... I agree. I agree. Shock. We agree with <laughs> I was posing other. a question. You've just answered. <laughs> um, God, that was a little cackle. <laughs> but no, but it is. But it's so scary. Like, when you think about Rosamund Pike putting those elderly people into those care homes and, like, signing away all their 
things and all their possessions, like literally giving away their phone. It feels like Harry and Meghan, like, well, no, Meghan, sorry, like giving away her passport and freedoms. Yeah. It feels the same. Yeah. And I think another thing is, you know, everyone, I know I already mentioned people saying, oh, she would have known she had to do this. Mm. We, we're saying that in terms of like behaviour, like she would have known she had to curse, she would have known she had to attend royal things, etc. But she was a celebrity and in LA it seems or like everybody Uh, reports that it's a very different like behavioral lifestyle because you go and meet you know you go you meet Oprah out and then you're friendly and all the airs and graces are dropped and it's like a normal person right and you're in a different sphere where you can be different to what your public persona is Mm -hmm. so she probably expected if you've if you've kind of lived like that you would expect it to be exactly the same yeah exactly I think she does say that doesn't she she was like oh well I've met like Hollywood stars and things and I thought that was the what the level of the royal family was but she couldn't have realized like it's just the fact they call it the firm and the institution, it just sounds so sinister. I think the yeah. firm is honestly the name of the gang that the craze were in. Like, gangster times. Right. I didn't know where that came from, so... Yeah, well... Is that, is that fact-checked? <laughs> we do. If anyone wants to be, <laughs> we will pay you to be our fact-checker. <laughs> um, no, I do... It's scary. I think I could not, would not... I just wonder that. what the repercussions of that interview are going to be. God, it was so good. Those Oprah memes are definitely sticking around for a while. They're amazing. Were you it was silent, or were you silenced? Oh, did you plan that? Was it planned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she definitely practiced. Didn't she? It was just one of those shows where shows one of those TV moments where you had to have Twitter open at the same time. I was literally living for the memes. Yeah, and I'm so glad I didn't know anything about. Yeah, it same. Because we were living it live. I know, moment. just gasping at every moment. Just didn't hold back. Did the me- let's move on to the mental health thing okay okay so obviously i'm guessing everyone will have watched it but let's just summarize so basically megan said that her mental health was at an all-time low um when she was kind of being kept inside and she was being told to stay at home and not show her face but she actually hadn't been anywhere because she was trying not to be out but obviously because her face was all over the newspapers felt like she was always around oh such disconnect yeah and you know she didn't feel protected by um the royal family or supported so she went to the institution to ask and their HR to ask for um, help because she felt so low that she actually like considered ending her own life. Um, well, it, she was kind of saying it like it wasn't even con- a consideration. It was like a fact that it would yeah, happen. Yeah. Like, it wasn't an, it was going to be, inevitable. she couldn't be left alone. Could she, she had to go with Harry. Yeah. Exactly. And I just found it so interesting that Harry, who we know as someone who's kind of championing mental health and has worked with Bryony Gordon and has kind of like come out to say, um, how he struggled with his mental health his whole life since the passing of his mother. And then also like the army, etc. Um, and he's been kind of, yeah, like a real figurehead for the mental health agenda in the last few years. And even he was saying, you know, I felt embarrassed about how my wife was feeling and I couldn't go and talk to my family about it. So that's one point. And then the other thing that I thought was really sad was that he kind of acknowledged that every single person in in the royal family is struggling but nobody talks about it and it's just accepted that that continues. Like, they're all struggling. Everyone's got their own thing, but you keep it to yourself. And it's classic. It's the classic, like, idea of stiff British I was just about to say that is exactly what it is. And I know we shouldn't constantly refer to it as fact, but in the crown, it's (laughs) It's literally... (laughs) It is literally putting aside human emotions in the name of duty and the name of, like, this metal object. And, like, the idea of duty is the thing that can't evolve. And I don't know, that's why it becomes so, like 
it feels so outdated because there are these traditions that they feel have to be upheld, which they can't adapt with the times. Like how Megan was saying, I feel like I'm crossing points now, but um, like how her entering the royal family, and this was celebrated at first, that she was like... The fresh face. The fresh face and literally like more of a representation of like what the world actually looks like. And it was such an opportunity for the royal family to actually... And he said that. Adapt he said they and, had an opportunity to use Megan, not use yeah. her, but like utilize all of her amazing people skills. Yeah, her kind of like yeah, her the d- diversity that she brought to the royal family. Hundred percent. The kind of like you know she had a really great feminist agenda that she could have made the royal family like fresh and new and engaged with the younger audience. But, but it hasn't. No, yeah, they just they they fucked it. hundred percent. But also, oh, I've forgotten my point. It was about when you were talking about Harry. Oh no, you go. I forgot my point. I'm a fool. Well, what did I say? Something really profound. Oh, well, that sounds like me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's just, oh, it was just such a groundbreaking interview. It was, wasn't it? Oh, I was such a big fan. Do we want to move on to the racism element? Oh, God, well, that's just kind of like through it all, isn't it? Um, oh, actually, sorry, quickly, backtrack. <laughs> I remembered what it was. Go on. My mind is a sieve. So you were saying about duty. Yes. And how that's outdated. And interestingly, in the news, I say the news, I mean, you can guess what sort of bloody things are publishing this. But they there was kind of like lots of opinion pieces a few days after the interview saying, William performing his duty. And like, William turning up to perform his duty, keeping his mouth shut, like not spreading rumours, blah, 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 blah. And it's like... What what is this duty thing that we have? Like, why does duty, like you said, why does it have to remain as something that's been held as like the thing in the past? Like, duty is being quiet. Duty is getting on with it with your head down and not complaining. Like, no, like, why are we holding everyone to that? That's not gonna be good. You, we all acknowledge that mental health is something that needs to be focused on and worked on, and yet this duty idea is stopping that from being acknowledged and changed totally and like harry and megan said like and megan especially said like oh i entered the family like so keen to please and so keen to do all of these things and to do my duties but it was just on those points of like security and the media and like the racism that she was just she just couldn't take it anymore i know i she's a stronger woman than me i know and god it just it's so annoying because actually watching the interview itself you actually see her potential she is so eloquent as a speaker and she's someone who like you can hear like she kind of you can like see that she forms her ideas before she speaks but but it is still authentic yeah she's actually i i believe her i, I think she speaks her truth she's so talented she well because she was like writing about like period poverty and things like that way before it was really well on my radar anyway and, yeah, think, and issues sure. like that and it's just like she would have been such an amazing ambassador i know and that's what they bonded together over isn't it i know they fell in love over that like ambassador work um so sorry onto the racism thing god this was oh what about the baby yeah 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 horrendous i know and now the questions i wonder if it's going to come out um like who said it i mean everyone suspects charles don't they everyone says it don't they i mean allegations that's there are rumors swirling yeah i read this um article yesterday about one of the princesses of kent i think what, Eugenie or Beatrice? No, no, no. Some oh, okay. old woman. Okay. Can't I, I won't know. Not helpful. And basically, she's the woman... Do you remember a couple of years ago, she went for lunch with Megan and she wore a brooch that was like a colonial insulting oh. brooch? Oh. Yeah. Had like a caricature of... Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Read the room. No, but she's meant... And I think she's kind of... She's made some comments that sound a bit like survival of the fittest, eugenics-y, yeah, like oh dodgy dear. AF. And the article was basically like, I can't believe people are shocked that the royal family is racist. Like, this woman has her title still, is still, like, decorating every way, has access to, like, royal funds, etc. And she's, like, been openly racist. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it wasn't a shock that they are racist. Oh, yeah, no, definitely It's a not. shock that Megan said it. I know. Yeah, I, yeah totally. That was, that was the it's moment, It's like, oh, that's on it? record that someone who was in it has said it. Yeah, Rather yeah. than, like, I mean, I think we all knew it, right? Like, yeah, Britain exactly. Britain has a huge racism problem. And... But don't admit it, which yeah. is Britain's number one problem. Whereas yeah. America, everyone's like, it is racist and everyone knows it. Whereas here, we're like, we don't have a problem. We're not as racist as, as America. America. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Hold I them saw up a great tweet, which was like, imagine like running away to America because it's less oh, racist. Oh, oh my God. So bad. Cutting. God, Twitter was on fire. We should have collated a few tweets to uh Yeah. But I mean, relive. interestingly, Harry said, so Oprah said after the interview was aired in another interview with her, that Harry had said, I want to make it very clear, it's not my grandmother and it's not my grandfather. Because yeah. those would have been the first ones. Because they're old, you would have liked them. So it's somebody <laughs> else has made the comments about Archie's skin colour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know who we all think it is. Yeah. And everybody knows. But Indeed. when will we find out? Well, because Harry was like, I will never share that. No, no. Because he knows they would be... Yeah. They'd be ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they would be. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. It was like a groundbreaking interview. I remember, I'm trying to think, I remember watching Finding Neverland about Michael Jackson and thinking like, oh, I'm living through like a big moment of TV. I feel like this is a real revelation. But this feels even bigger. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't know who said this. It might have been Rach, but about the whole fact that like, if there's... Oh, Oh, we live in London. (laughs) Um, If there's kind of like an issue with racism that's brought to a head in the public so say it was in the police or whatever like a specific thing that kicks that off a public inquiry is held and everything's published about it yeah. that we're aware of. whereas with this it's the, the family are just like we're having a family private investigation it's like well okay it's being how? dealt with internally which clearly doesn't work because your yeah. HR system's fucked because Megan can yeah, get any help exactly. when she's suicidal like what is going on I we'll know. never know how thorough their investigation is how fair it was, who's running it, what are their biases, like, what are the results of this? It's just like, they, it's like they can get away with just being like, we're looking into it. Oh, Who can hold them to account? How can we hold them to account? Yeah, totally. So, I mean... Yeah, I guess my question to you is, like, do you think that, no, no, because this ties in, but, like, Megan's accusers would obviously be like, oh, if you're complaining about the media all the time, reporting to you these bad things why did he go and do such a big public interview that is such a stupid question like if someone's chatting shit about you the first thing you want to do is give your side of the story like i don't understand how people can even have that mindset it's not for attention they're trying to correct it so that everybody knows what's what is their truth exactly i quite agree lucky oprah getting scoop oh my god she must be I can't wait for the next one. I do want a Britney one. I want a Britney one. Oprah, give it to us. Petition? I think there are several going around. Really? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've seen it. I can't claim it was my idea. Who else would you want to see? Because I've never really watched Oprah interviews. No. But another interview that we did see recently, which was good... Piers Morgan, who we detest, obviously. (gasps) But he interviewed... Oh, yeah, well, that's a bit of the fallout, isn't it? Do you want to give 
Yeah, I mean, everyone will have heard this, but Piers Morgan basically, the day after the interview in his morning breakfast show on ITV, um, did a bloody big rant about her and how he didn't believe Meghan's, um, like, mental health story, story, in quote, like, what a freak, and then the weatherman (laughs) came on and was like, Piers, we have to listen to you chat this rubbish every single day, and nobody says anything, and it's offensive, and it's horrible, and it's not true, and you're just obsessed with this woman. He's so obsessed with her. her. You never spoke again, like, get over it, you freak, and Piers Morgan stormed off, like, I'm not listening to this, and all the memes, I think it was Gina Martin that made it first, was like, so you admit it. It's oh, okay I love that. When you're in an yeah, yeah. Mean like, girl speaks all the truth. Yeah, like, and then he quit allegedly. But what I'm finding crazy about this is the people standing up for Piers Morgan. I'm oh, sorry, he is horrible, and I don't care. This is like, you know how everyone with Donald Trump is, says like, oh, he's not. He might not really be like that. He just says it to be. That's worse. If you actually don't believe it and you're saying it to rile people up. Yeah, and you've got such a big person. platform as well. His book sales are doing so well this week. That's just seeing so he's like a number two. I know. That's the thing. It's obviously like a PR stunt. He could say anything, as you say, that he doesn't believe and it would just stir up controversy and just make him richer. Did That's you... what's so frustrating about it. So obviously he got 40,000 Ofcom complaints for making those comments about not believing Megan's mental health and mind released a statement kind of being like, that is the worst thing ever. Like, here's yeah. the support that you can get. And then he quit, quit, um, after talks with ITV. And um, and then I read somewhere that 200,000 signatures were on a petition to get him back. And I'm just like, God, that Whoa. is worrying. Because we're in an echo chamber where we see him as problematic, but so many people agree with him. I'm so deeply scary. concerned. And it, it coming at a similar time as Lawrence Fox running for London mayor. What? Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence Fox is the guy who... Um, All I know is he went out with Billy Piper. He did go out with Billy Piper, but he's the one who's really problematic. And he had a recent, um, maybe it was last year, interview where he... Like, oh, what was it? He basically said that, like, someone who was insulting him, and he was like, you're being racist to me. And he's, like, obviously oh, a privileged gosh. white man. And he used the term racist to describe how they were talking to him. And then I think in, like, the film 1917, um, which is about World War One, he was like, oh, yeah, it was so realistic up until them including those Sikh soldiers. And it was like, what? do your homework. Like, it wasn't just white people who fought for the... Britain in the war but yeah he's basically come out with loads of really problematic things and now he's running for mayor in a bit of a make Britain great again kind of vibe and just like he's a bit of an anti anti masker yeah anti masker like but yeah very anti-woke guy and it's just worrying because I feel like not blaming Harry and Meghan for this but just like this interview would have been really divisive and like riled up the royalists or the Meghan haters and those people now if they see someone with like Lawrence Fox who has a bit of a platform like like rush to his cause you know and it's just yeah god the world we live in eh I know it's horrible we thought we got rid of Donald Trump but a new version just springs up elsewhere that's great I know we're not past it yet but um, what well, where else were we going to touch? Sorry, from? you were talking about Piers. Morgan. Oh, we went off on a bit of a Piers Morgan yeah. rampage. Oh yeah, one good thing that Piers Morgan, well, his production team delivered us was a great interview with our GC. icon, GC. the GC, Gemma Collins. Um, I thought this was quite interesting, and I guess ties in with like you never really know what's going on behind closed doors. Mm. Um, recommend you watch it. Was an ITV Piers Morgan's She's so life stories. I love her. Yeah. She came across very intelligent. I mean, I don't really like... I don't like the GC. Her persona GC. Yeah, yeah, the diva. No. 
But like Gemma herself, I didn't really realise her backstory and like like the few of the things that have happened to her and what had been Awful, going on with yeah. Arge and like her past and like miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. She well, is so charismatic. She but, yeah. I think she would be a great person to interview. She's she seems up for kind of going along with anything and being entertaining and then also being vulnerable at the same time. Mm. Which I thought was really good. I wasn't happy with how Piers I think he really shamed her for having a sex tape. Remember she made a bit of a joke. She was just like, Oh yeah, you know, just in case I lose me money, got that on my phone and I was like Fine, she's joking. And he was basically like, "You little girl, go home and think about this. Yeah. your parents." Had to and he was like, kids. "There's like, nothing you wouldn't sell. You're evil." And by the end of the conversation, she was like, "God, you're right. I'm going to go home and delete it." And I was like, "You've just shamed this woman." Yeah. If she wants to release a sex tape, let her release a sex tape. I know. And let her earn her money for it. It'll be her own money. <laughs> exactly. Get <laughs> on OnlyFans. Financial independence is one of the most powerful tools you can have. Indeed. Indeed. Oh. I know I really liked her though and on on the and yeah it's just such an interesting character that she has this persona oh yeah and then also the the issues that the persona has brought her so you know her spending habit when she was what she spent like 15 very interesting yeah I've listened to interviews with her before (laughs) she talks about her podcast is great I highly recommend but um what's it called I think it's just like the GC Diva podcast or something like that. <laughs> Should we rename? Yeah. And then um, she talks about how when she goes on holiday, she just buys everything at the airport. Oh my God, like everything. Like, yeah, like she doesn't pack. What do you mean, clothes? Yeah, she just <gasps> buys things at the airport. And I bet she goes So can clothes. you actually imagine the spending on that? Imagine if you didn't pack when you went on holiday. Yeah, because she's not going into Monsoon to get a little bikini like I No, no, do. no. She's when you forget your sunglasses. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. So she is funny. another so level. So now her dad... Oh, interesting. Her dad controls the money. Oh, yeah. Gods, we have. God, we're quite good. But her dad looked really cute. Her parents were in the audience. They just looked so beamingly proud. Yeah. It was making me feel emotional. No, she's clearly... Yeah. Gets on really and she well has, yeah, there's that, that's the difference, isn't it? Like, you know, having someone to look after your money if it's needed is great if you trust them and yeah. you have a relationship, which clearly they do. Because she yeah. was like, no, he has to. Yeah. He has to look after it and he gives me an allowance because I will spend it and I don't want to. Yeah. That's her choice. So, yeah. And then again, like you mentioned, her relationship with Arj is just so sad because she know. basically said, like, we're meant to be together, but we can't be because his yeah. addiction is just such a demon in, in his life that he needs to overcome. And this is where we always say, People should just work on themselves before they get in a relationship. Oof. Oof. Profound. No. Well, it's not really that. Thanks, no. Boo, for all supporting me. <laughs> Elle, can you just work on yourself? <laughs> I told Elle to work on herself before we moved in together. <laughs> um, and then on, on the same train, because we're reeling along with the reality stars now, Zara McDermott's. Oh, yes. Documentary on revenge porn, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, no, it definitely was. I didn't realise that she'd been through that. I feel like... Twice. Yeah, twice. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, it was ITV, right? BBC. Was it? It was BBC Three. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I don't want to guess what you've got. Okay. Whatever it's on. A free streaming service this time. Yes, indeed. need a fact checker. Anyone is welcome to join us and help us with that. No, get Um, in turn. So Zara McDermott's revenge porn documentary basically talked about how she's experienced it twice in her life. One, when she was 14 years old, which is actually heartbreaking. Mm. And then again, when she had Love Island fame, so she was actually in the villa and an ex-partner was spreading... Um, an image of her where she was nude without her consent obviously so then she had to come out the villa and kind of battle with instant fame um 
heartbreak because well, heartbreak because she you know she'd left with oh, Adam yeah. and he was still in there and moving on with someone else and then also this kind of image of her going viral um for the second time and yeah it sort of talked about the impact on her and her confidence throughout school when it happened at such a young age and then again when it had happened with sort of more of a trusted partner and then also the impact on her family um and how they didn't talk about yeah. How they didn't talk about the image that was circulated when she was in school. They never kind of addressed it. So she'd felt a lot of shame attached to it and, and felt that her parents were shameful of her. But really, her parents were saying, oh, my God, we just felt so sorry for you. And it was so traumatic. And they'd never communicated on that. So she carried that shame into adulthood. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought, yeah, she, she came across as really lovely and normal and genuine. And she went and met a couple of other girls um, around our age, I think they were probably in their twenties who had experienced um revenge porn being distributed about them and how that had impacted them and um they also spoke about a woman who had her ex partner had circulated oh. images of her intimate images of her to like her colleagues. Oh God, yeah, it's just crossing Honestly, a line. Horrendous. I know, horrific. And the impact on her mental health and the court case that came with that and yeah it was really really interesting actually now I'm thinking about it I thought it was so interesting and necessary yeah no definitely and I thought it was really interesting how like at school she kind of described herself as she was quite shy and maybe a bit of a wallflower and not really in with like the popular group and that is what like the boys because it was boys who kind of like that was kind of the tool they used to encourage her to like send nudes yes. and then then she was like oh if I send them this one picture then maybe they'll like me and maybe they'll think I'm cool yeah and it was like oh it was just all a game of like a shame game yeah and it was like targeting someone who they knew was more vulnerable I guess yeah for sure and yeah and someone who wouldn't be able to brush it off and just make yeah. it a, like and I look good or like yeah and, exactly like, I'm really confident I don't care if you've seen that um and then obviously the shame continues and like mortification attached to that but um also the impact on an early relationship so a few years after yeah she got in a relationship with a boy and they were really happy and she felt more confident she really liked him this must have been when she was like 16 or so mm. and then boys said to him oh did you know she sent this picture in when she was 14 and that made him go off her and i know i mean interestingly they met up on the show didn't they they hadn't yeah, seen it in years talked and they met through. up and talked it through and he was just like i'm so sorry for my behavior like i wasn't strong enough to kind of not be impacted by that exactly well it's worse for you realize isn't it especially that poor woman whose like pictures would leak to her colleagues because every single time you saw one of them in the corridor you'd be like have you seen it have you seen yeah, it yeah. and and then in zara's case it was literally like everyone had seen it but the annoying thing about the i think something important to talk about is like the fact that he felt the shame from that of her he felt shameful that other people had seen images of her which is why he wanted to break up with her oh God, and then it's just like image sad, ownership, basically. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like right, so it's okay when she's sexual with you, but she can't be a sexual being on her own. Yeah, it's like that male ownership issue, and I just think, yeah, I hope that as we get older and we can teach our the boys around us how to be respectful of women. Yeah, hundred percent. In that way, and and of their own like sexuality of beings like sexual beings, and of like the whole idea of consent, but more than just being able to say yes or no to actually having sex but with images oh yeah totally it's the technology question isn't it like it's inevitable that we're gonna have to do it 
like I have those conversations with our children. Like our parents just got away with it because we were still like logging onto MSN and sharing the computer. A few well, they years also ago. just didn't know. They yeah. didn't know what was going on, and I worry that you know, like obviously technology will advance, and the ways the platforms that people can share explicit images on will change. So I'm. We're gonna have to try and. We're keep gonna up have to today. keep we're up. So I, it's yeah. so dangerous. But I just think with my sister, like I do have a responsibility. Like she's ten, so obviously not gonna be in any situation anytime soon with this. But as she gets older. And I have the knowledge of what younger people are doing and at what age you start wanting to share those images. Because you will, like, everybody will probably end up doing it or consider it at least or have those, feel those pressures to do it from other people. Like, how to handle that and, like, what's legal, what's not legal. Yeah, totally. I think we talked about this in the last episode, actually, didn't we? Because we were talking about um, image ownership and... um, like, because we watched that Stacey Dooley documentary, didn't we, about those little mini cameras and the fact that they've got them down now to the size of, like, the little pinpoint on a hairbrush. Yeah. And it's literally, like, where is it going to go from there if that's 2020? Like, where will it be? We're just going to have to stay down with the kids, Hill. We are. We are. I know. Like, we're cool and trendy and hip and do a podcast on pop You're culture. You're even on TikTok. <laughs> Get on I'm it. getting there. I'm getting there. I just need to get... I just need the algorithm to love me. I need it to know me. Well, let me just, just open the ones that I send you. Okay, I can do that. Elle, I, I sometimes walk past Elle's room now that we are living together and I just hear this cackling and I'm like, oh, she must be on the phone having a good old catch-up with someone. And I come in, it's just TikTok. It's me laughing at a Sylvanian family's drama TikTok. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it now. Oh, no, that's that. I saw that on Twitter today. It's so made, it's funny. done the rounds. Um, um, I, my theory about that, sorry, side note, for Sylvanian families <laughs> TikTok drama. My theory is that this person got all of their Sylvanian families out to sell them, like on eBay. And then was like, oh, I'm going to make a funny TikTok. And like within a day, they had like 10K followers. And was like, now I can't get rid of this shit. I have to keep making No, they're probably up. loving it. Yeah. That's but definitely I think the their, their initial reason for doing it was like, oh, I'm going to like sell them. And now they're like, well, now I'm stuck. I've got like No, no, I reckon they're enjoying it. That's like a proper lockdown hobby, isn't it? Getting out the Sylvanian families. I know. Or we um, get out. I don't know. Little, with my little Sylvanian ponies. Families. Do you? Oh my God, do you not know this? I did not know this. I collected them from when I was seven years old to about 12. Oh, my God. Do you want me to list what I have? Because I'm not joking. I'm going to sound really spoiled, but let me just premise. <laughs> this was what I spent any birthday Christmas money on. Asked for for every single birthday Christmas from seven to 12. My dad was also obsessed with, like, eBay. Like, he loved, like, winning stuff on eBay. So he would get everything from eBay. Um, so I have a house on the hill, a canal, a park, a stable, a shoe shop. Where are they now? Where are the families? Okay, um, do I say the canal boat? The canal boat was sick. The family, where are the families? Yeah. They're at my dad's house. I've asked him to keep holding them because I want to give them to my kids. Oh. I know, and I was such a freak. I had, I had like every room, obviously you get like, you would buy like the kitchen set and the living room set, etc. And I had Tupperware pots that had like labelled on it like kitchen. So when I cleared them all away, I put them in there so that when I knew I wanted to put it out properly i wouldn't have to like search for all the bits to put them in the certain rooms this is explaining a lot about your current personality to me i was obsessed with them <laughs> obsessed. you've missed a trick here i feel like you making those tiktoks would have been the natural next step for you but now someone's done it <laughs> i don't know how you're gonna want how you're gonna up this. i can't and i don't want to because i love their content they're just such <laughs> random TikToks. Like, there's always someone. Maybe this is the real reason that you are that invested because you're like, oh, I want to see what the guinea pig does next. Because <laughs> you're such a fan. Okay, we've definitely gone off on a tangent. Yes. Yeah, Should we move on to our next seg? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was a lovely discussion. Yeah, let us know. Everyone, everyone who's listening. All two. All two of you who are listening. Let us know your thoughts on our discussions and if you've got any other points to add, because I'm sure we've missed quite a lot. But well, it's just quite interesting that all of those things that we've mentioned literally have been released in the last month. Mm. And I know we are living in a pandemic and in lockdown where we are li- our freedoms are restricted. One month till the pub's open today, one month till the pub's open today. Yesterday. It's yesterday. yesterday. It's a month yesterday. Oh. I will be in the pub a month today. But yeah, people's freedoms are really being restricted. So I wonder if that is why these kind of stories are really coming to the fore. Because maybe they were a bit hidden before because people felt they couldn't relate. Relate. And then now it's like, totally get where you come from. This is, like, we're all feeling it. Yeah. It's just a bit interesting. It is interesting. Bit of food to thought. Food Food for thought. Food to thought. I love a bit of food for thought. To end the segment on. (laughs) and on to our final segment of this podcast episode consuming morgs tell me what you've been watching um with me (laughs) (laughs) we have now been watching them together well it'd be remiss of miel not to mention what has taken up most of our nights since moving in which is of course married at first sight australia um, the premise of this show is exactly what it says on the tin. People in Australia um, <laughs> are literally... Matched by experts. Matched by, by experts who wear lab coats in the lab because this is a proper science of matching <laughs> these people up so that their personalities and lifestyles perfectly align and they will have a very happy marriage. And they first meet on the wedding day. At the aisle. At the, yeah, at the altar. Oh, yeah. Um, and... Then we just see what ensues, and this series has been such a corker. It first, I think it aired two years ago in mm. Australia, and now it's come to the UK, and we're all obsessed with it. But basically, there have just been some amazing characters in this series. There is one golden couple, Cam and Jules, who we love, who I'm we obsessed. stand, and we want them to stay True happy love. together forever. Then there was Innes. Oh my God. Who could forget Innes? Um, I'm pretty sure Nick described her as Satan. Shout out to Nick. Who <laughs> <laughs> is just awful. And the second she meets her guy at the altar is like, well, I begin with that eyebrow piercing. Can we just... get, can we talk about that eyebrow piercing? Oh God, she was <gasps> oh so bad. Oh my God, Billy. Billy and Susie. Yeah. Susie, you're Billy. You're a liar, Billy, you're Susie. a liar. Exactly. Sweetener, you said you said you had sweetener. You said you had sweetener and you didn't have sweetener. You're a liar, Belly. You're a liar. Why are you lying? God, she was so annoying. Poor Billy was honestly so he, bad. He was like at breaking point. Like he was crying. Yeah. I felt so sorry for him. I was like, this no. is emotional abuse. Let him leave the experiment. Yeah, no. Because the thing is, so what they have as part of the structure of the show is that these marriages, you see how they work, and then every week there is a commitment ceremony with the experts in front of all of the other couples, which is basically a therapy session. Yeah. And the couples say how they're getting along and whether they want to stay in the show or leave. And if one of the one person in the couple says they want to stay then both people have to stay for another week for another week yeah which is so yeah testing for many people another oh who are you gonna say cyclone sorry oh no can i do my impression yeah 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 (laughs) ivan why can't you just like nick nick is trying really hard ivan i don't understand you're no king diggling sam you're not king diggling Oh my god! Oh, and another, and another impression. Sorry, just of Innes. Oh god, Lizzie. <laughs> I know what you're gonna go for. You're acting like a bloody cockatoo. Can you get out of my face? She's like a big bird. 
No, it's actually so good and has made many a night much more yeah. cosy. And oh, one of the things that highlights how just terrible the experts are at their job is pairing someone. <laughs> <laughs> this woman called Melissa, who is very like. She's very chaotic. Yeah, high quite high energy, high lovely proactive, woman. shall we say. Lovely, but very. Yeah, quite like, high proactive. She really forgot to. She basically like thought she'd forgotten to pack her wedding dress on her wedding day. She just kind of looks like someone who's had several coffees at all times. So they basically pair her with this meditation guru. instructor yeah. guru. Um, yeah, which Thinking I just that, think is such lazy matchmaking. It like, is. oh, she, she'll liven him up and he'll calm her down a bit. And obviously, like he was just there. Like I had a dream last night. She's like, I don't get it. You're speaking another language. You're speaking another language. It was just, yeah, shocking. And that one, yeah, didn't end well. But excellent show. Oh my God, can we just please reference, there was this guy called Matthew. Oh. Who um, was like a 29-year-old guy who would just like decide never to have sex and he was a virgin and he obviously came on got married to this really lovely woman who loved, loved her called lauren who was just great and like really passive because he was quite quiet and shy and she was quite like bubbly and had a lot of friends um and they tried to make it work sorry if you haven't seen it spoilers and it doesn't work out in the end but the best thing and the just it's problematic but also just ridiculous is that the the um the what's the word the narrator yeah would be like virgin matthew 29 year old virgin matthew is meeting lauren for the first time and and we were like joking like oh my god they every single time it's they his identifier as 29 year old virgin matthew like that's so annoying like get over it. everyone already knows and then we joked literally a few episodes before it happened where we were like oh imagine they'll say 29 year old ex virgin matthew and they said it they referred to him as 29 year old ex virgin matthew like what why everyone's an ex-version if they've had sex it literally would have been the perfect drinking game like drink every time he's described that way it was just so ridiculous but god what a show we still need to finish it we've just got a few episodes left yeah we're plowing through we haven't seen the final we're almost there because i've been resisting going on insta and like deep diving their lives but that is exactly what i will do as soon as we finish we haven't even mentioned the affairs Oh, two God, affairs. It's so juicy. Well, I don't know. Are people going to listen to this? Spoiler no. alert. We've got up. no one listening no, to yeah. this. <laughs> I think the only people that listen will be like my friend Abby from work, and she's already seen it all. So, fab. Bye. Well, please continue. Okay, so the affairs. Spoiler. Affair number one was Sam and Innis. Oh. That was just kind of ridiculous because I wasn't even anti it because they clearly weren't getting on with their partners and they made it clear they didn't want to be with their partners. So fine. But also it was juicy because they lied about it and they have gotten away with it so far. Mm. So I wonder what the reunion will show us. And then the second affair is Nick. Oh, no, 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 no Nick. Mick. No, no, no. It's Mick's partner, Jessica, with Dan. Yeah. Jess and Dan. And they've kissed at the dinners where all the other couples are there and hidden it. <sighs> And they're messaging and meeting up. God, and also, so Dan scandal. is such... Because, I mean, Jess is just, like, lying about whether she wants to be with Nick, Mick, but he's not bothered either, so it's fine. They're over and everybody knows it. But Dan is lying to Tamara. Oh, he's so gaslighting her. He's awful. Yeah. And Mick, who I love. What was the line he said at the altar? Oh, him and a bitsy. No, him and a bitsy. Nobody was like, I was dead as a dong as bingle. No, no. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, the most Australian farming man ever. No, He's amazing. Great. But yeah, great show. What else have you been watching of late? Um, oh God, in January, It's a Sin. 
I would watch that again now. Like 100%. That's really I thought it was cool. fantastic TV. I'm obsessed with the cast. I love them. Oh, my God. I want them to work on something else together. I know, I know. I love them so much. I think my favourite fact from it was... So, it's Sin. It's about a group of friends um, living in London during the AIDS epidemic of the 80s. And it's just so fun and it's, like, celebrating their lives but also, like so tragic and yeah. I literally it was a show that made me laugh and cry like all in the space oh of gosh. five episodes Russell T Davis is a genius yeah but like one of the characters Jill is based on Russell T Davis's actual friend Jill and then she plays Jill's mum in the series yeah I loved that fact oh I love little facts like that also Ollie Alexander was... is an incredible actor so good I listened to him talk to um oh my god oh Clara, Clara Ampho on, on this, this city. city and he basically wanted to be an actor before he became a singer. Yeah, I didn't realise that. Neither did I. So I didn't know he had this extra talent. Like, how many talents does one guy need? Share them out, I Ollie. know, it's not entirely But fair. no, I also, like, want to be best friends with him. Yeah. And Jill. And Colin. Oh, Colin. I want to be friends with all of them. I love them. I and love I love... Them. Do you know what makes me so happy? And I've said this before. Celebrity, <laughs> celebrities who are actually friends makes me so happy. I know. So seeing all their videos of them... I know enjoying their time on the set together yeah and you had a sighting you saw Roscoe I did I did I spotted one in the cast on Clapham Common yes indeed indeed I did can I claim that I know I'm jealous yeah um something else that I've been watching only I can say this because I don't think Elle has oh you've dipped your toe in I've dipped my toe in but it's been an iconic I waited too long to get involved oh no but there's always time I know but I've missed the being live with it. Which I think is if you do a part. really fast catch up, you'll be ready in time for next week. Oh my god! Okay, go on. I did watch last year. <laughs> I'm series, of course talking forgot. about Drag Race UK series two. Oh, poor. Can I just say, Bimini for the womeny. We are currently recording <laughs> <laughs> before the final airs, and God, it's actually been such a tonic in lockdown to just watch these queens live their best lives and the challenges are great and i just prefer the uk series so much to the us series because you actually get who the people are we've had rats the rusical we've had eat beast enders we've had oh there was like a bake-off moment it's just so many like british references but turned drag and it's just been so feel good and i've loved it but i won't dwell yeah, I did miss out on some tickets to see the UK King Dolls this morning. I'm actually still quite sad about it. Um, <laughs> Maybe someone reselling the Grand, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Well, this is what I said. I did actually message the Grand this morning, asking if there what? was any possibility. Of no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to reply saying no, Morgana. <laughs> it's fully booked, and we are still. Have they replied pandemic. that? No, but that's what they will say. Well, so I'm bracing you myself. You could say, "Can I be on the waiting list for it if anyone wants to sell the ticket?" Yeah, yeah, I can. And on the and event page, could you post on there being like, "If anyone wants to sell the ticket?" Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. I've got no shame. No, I want to see I my queens. Get, the, get, yeah, get your tickets, girl. I will. Um, what have you been listening to? Oh, poddies, pod, pod, poddies. My favorite podcast at the moment, what well, that I wait for every week, is "Sentimental Garbage" oh. by Caroline O'Donoghue, and the sex "Sentimental in the City," which is kind of covering sex in the city as the great American novel that she <laughs> Um And she's got Dolly Alderson on it, and I just do you know what I love about it? Their chemistry. I know people have said that about us before, so I hope that we kind of give off the same vibe. But I, yeah, one, I love sex in the city. Obviously, classic, acknowledge all the issues with it, acknowledge that it hasn't aged very well, hope that the new series is kind of mm. a bit more appreciative of how the world is today, diverse, relates to actual like, issues that are going on rather than living in a fantasy land in New York, even though that was the point of the whole show. Um, <laughs> nice sum up. 
I do love a bit of Sex and City. It's feel good. And them analysing it is just fantastic. The episodes are like two hours. So it's oh, great God, for a brilliant. long walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but love their chemistry, love their analysis. They take it so seriously, but they also acknowledge how ridiculous it is that they take it so seriously, which I love. Definitely. Um, and then also before that, I had been listening to Juno Dawson's um, and Dylan B. Jones's um, podcast on Sex and City. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Juno Dawson. Yeah. She does a great podcast with Dylan B. Jones. They analyse it by episode, where and they have guests on each time, whereas... Um, Dolly and Caroline are doing it by each episode is a series. I quite like that. I like the I do like the overview, but I do like the detail that. Oh, interesting! Into, yeah. It just makes me want to rewatch Sex and the City. But I know this is very cliche, but I do find Carrie so no, irritating. That's the fine. Everyone finds her annoying. I She's find an it quite awful hard to friend. Watch. Who's your favourite for? It's probably. Do you know what? This is so ridiculous. When I was younger. It was obviously Charlotte because she was the prettiest and had long hair. And now, oh, it's Samantha and Miranda. Yeah, I know. So I was, I don't know which one, Samantha and Miranda. It depends what mood I'm in. Oh, we might have to watch an episode later. Um, what else have you been listening to? What else? Oh, I listened to this podcast in January called um, "The Rabbit Hole" by the New York Times. Ooh. And that is about the whole like fake news agenda. And this guy goes investigating and talking to people that have fallen down the rabbit hole of fake news. And like we're obsessed with like YouTube videos and like genuinely thought that fake news was real and how they got out of that and it's so interesting. That sounds very interesting. I'll definitely give that a yeah, listen. Yeah, it was very good. Um, and my final potty that I've been listening to is oh a classic. You're wrong about. I love it, but I pick it based on what my interests are. Yeah, no, certain episodes are like really good. Yeah, so the Jessica Simpson episode already mentioned it today. Listen to those episodes. Yeah, no, I've got so those on my good. downloads. I really need to. What else did I listen to on that one? I think they did an interesting one on, I think, sex offenders. Really, I haven't found that. Yeah, oh, really okay. interesting. It was just all about like the restrictions around them and how like none of it is like. Um, helps support them or in like re-entering society and it's just creates a cycle of like more stigma and re-offending yeah. and it's like if you experience abuse you are much more likely to then abuse and it was literally like how the whole system is so backward and doesn't take into account anything the psychologists say and like the restrictions on them just mean that there's no way that they can get a job or that they can't live in a certain place like there's literally no way for them to rebuild their lives mm. so it's just like wasting people yeah and it's not and also it was saying like obviously Sex, sexual offences terrible and like a crime but they were saying how for like a lot of them it was because they were abused it wasn't and like they were just talking about the different urges and the different laws and like how the laws left no room for nuance it was a really good episode actually I am going to try and find that because that sounds really interesting yeah they've got a few more that I really want to listen to um, Courtney Love episode's good oh nice um, listen to a Columbine episode I want to listen to their Diana analysis I haven't listened to that because that's you know sometimes they're like a couple of parts yeah that's like a six or seven parter I know but I do want to listen to that yeah have you been listening reading what else have you been consuming, consuming. well I'm in a bit of a rut at the moment but uh, since we did our last podcast a million years ago I have actually read some books <laughs> in between then and now um I recently finished, I guess this kind of ties in with to what we were discussing, but I finished Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrow, mm-hmm. who is the journalist who like helped uncover Harvey Weinstein um, in his New York piece. And it's just basically all about like the women coming forward with their stories and then like about the network covering it up. And it just kind of reads more like a spy thriller and it's all about Ooh. like how 
Harvey and his team had like were paying like millions of pounds to like these like Israeli like intelligence officers who were like monitoring Ronan and his team while they were trying to uncover the story and oh my god it's just so there was just so much going on and there was just so many people trying to bury the stories and stuff I found it a really interesting read is that your book or have you borrowed it's on the kindle so you can borrow oh thank you I will be borrowing anything else um I also read where the crawdads sing like everyone no i need to read it so tell me a little bit but don't give it away because i okay okay so basically i felt like i had a personal connection to this book (laughs) because it's about a marsh girl oh my god um and in case you don't know i actually grew up on an island (laughs) (laughs) where there are lots of marshes and mud um so i felt like i connected to it in that way but no it's just like a really good story about this girl who yeah who's kind of like ostracized by society because she's called like the marsh girl and then it's like in this small like sleepy town and there's a murder and it just kind of i don't want to give any more than that but it's like really nice and descriptive of like all the nature but at the same time there's this plot that's kind of propelling it along but it's more about like isolation and family and stuff like that okay nice themes yeah themes themes that's what caroline and dolly do i know theme oh (laughs) I love that I podcast. Love them. Um, I want them to have their own podcast. I, I think they just need a podcast where they just ramble. Yeah. No, I really enjoy listening to them. I know. I'm going to miss Dolly when she's gone again. I know. How many series of Sex and the City are there? Six? Yeah. So there's oh, only two more episodes. Hopefully they'll do an epilogue. Yeah. Please do an epilogue. I might write in and be like, please, can you just do a chatting shit podcast for an hour once a week? I need it. Oh, yeah. You write in for that. I'll write in to get my drag race tickets. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um and another book I read, which I really enjoyed, was Catelyn Moran's More Than a Woman, which was so good. And she's kind of like, it's 10 years after her How to Be a Woman was released, um, where she thought she knew everything there was to know about feminism. Like, she'd been through, like, puberty and, like, had had a baby. And she was like, I know everything. And then now it's like, I did not know everything. Like, there's, like, middle age and, like, all the problems that come with that. And she talks really, like poignantly about her daughter's eating disorder and stuff like that um and also one of the moments that really hit me was when she's talking about the menopause but she calls it the menopause as in like bear like dog paws because she's like all the women i know at this age get a dog and i was like that's both of our (laughs) mums it's because we fly the nest and then they need that nurture the nurturing instinct is still there and they direct all of their energies into their dogs which my mum 100% does. Raise your hand if your parents prefer the dog to you. Oh, you can't see our hands, but both 100%. Yeah, Monty eats off a silver spoon. Yeah, buddy (laughs) is so spoiled. But yeah, what have you been reading, Boo? What have I been reading? Yeah, I've been in a bit of a rut, just because I've been so excited to be in this house with you We just spent all of our time together, that we don't have any time for reading. For reading, yeah, like I don't want to go to bed if we're watching maths. I can't emphasise enough how much Married at First Sight Australia has been a part of our lives. It's very time consuming. But um, yeah, no, I read a couple of books. So I've read um, The Beach Read by Emily Henry, which is just, I needed it. It's a good eat. It's oh, what it is. It's I a beach read, right? Yeah. Does what it says on the tin. Um, and yeah, just a classic kind of chiclet about a, a woman who is an author and she's got kind of like writer's block and she goes to um, a seaside town which has a link to her family's past. There's a bit of like intrigue there, mystery. Um, and she has a neighbour who's also an author and they basically 
trade they both have writer's block but they need the money from a book so they're like oh i dare you to write my genre bet you can't do it and she's like i dare you to write my genre bet you can't do it one of them does like kind of like the pressing horror (laughs) and true crime and then she does like um romance novels so they switch and then it's about them like falling in love oh i like the sound of that but it's one of those where every time i turn the page i was like Like, oh, I really want one of those. Yeah, so okay. you should read that. I will. And then I also read Half a World Away by, what's his name? Mike Gale. Had to write that down, couldn't remember off the top of my head. And that was really good. That was, that's been highly recommended, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's about um, a woman and a man who both live in London and they are um, half brother and sister and they basically were torn apart by like the foster care system when they were younger and one of them went on to be adopted and adopted adopted and led this like quite privileged lifestyle um but there's also kind of issues of like growing up with a white family when you're black and not wanting to know about your past but then that desire comes as you have children etc and then the sister grew up in in the care system so it's kind of like the difference between their lives and how you can be born into the same situation and um, different pri- privileges are handed to you that you have to like carve out your own life, and then they they meet when they're older. Oh, it's really good. It was yeah, really good. I'll definitely borrow. So yeah. God, it's so much easier for us to borrow these days. I know you just come downstairs and get it. Don't have to carry a hard back round your bloody backpack. I know. Mm. Oh, game changing. Oh, favorite food consumed in the last? Well, I mean, it's been. A I long mean, it time. has been approximately six in years. in recent memory. <laughs> Um, it's very nice. We're all cooking together now. I Lovely. I would say one of my faves. Doing a little bit of experimenting was um a Bosch recipe that I stumbled upon for like vegan scallop spaghetti, and you make it out of mushrooms. And I just I just miss fish. Oh, it a was lot. really good. I've just yeah. remembered it. Oh well, thank you. Um, but basically you like chop up these mushrooms and then you kind of like infuse them with like nori and capers and lemon and stuff to get like the fishy vibes. And then it's like a creamy, lemony, parsley spaghetti mm. um, with wine and just felt very bougie. Really felt like I'd made it living it in London with the girls and just serving up some scallop spaghetti on a we Tuesday night. We think we're really grown up because we have proper wine glasses and gin glasses now yeah whereas at uni obviously we drank out of plastic goblets and cups that said bumble on them still yeah. got those but i mean we do still have those but now when i pour a glass of wine into a proper wine glass i just think oh god I'm i know totally agree when i use the gin glass for gin i actually just think i've made it with an ice cube in young there. professional i want a wedge of lime yeah <laughs> who are we so we're so pleased. easily pleased what was your um like best food consumption of late okay so because my memory is awful i'm gonna pick something very very recent but on monday for international <laughs> women's day we did a spread has mentioned oh. a spread before the megan and harry interview um and we did kind of like a chinese fake away right like oh. we literally made this up um it seemed kind of rogue it wouldn't have normally been on my chinese order i don't even know if you could call it chinese but we just bunged some food together and we had um linda mccartney duck pancakes oh so obviously with spring onion um, hoisin sauce, cucumber, the little wraps. So good. That fake duck is so good. That was so good. Definitely getting that again. So we had that. We made this um, garlic mushroom rice, which was delicious. Um, we had sweet and sour sticky tofu. We had um, sesame oil and soy sauce pak choy. Yes. What else did we have for that? We had those like chilli crackers. Yeah. On the side. It was just really nice. Oh, it was so good. I could have... 
I, we we ate so much. That rice went. And I mean, we like did eat all of it. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing left. It was delicious. So I would like to do that again and maybe like have a Google and see what else we can add to the Mix it up. That. Yeah. Yeah. We have basically, in this pandemic, become masters of making anything an occasion. So the Harry and Meghan interview, right, spread. The wine's yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what else is coming. It'd just literally be someone like, that has a good day at work. And we're like, right. Let's make that. You had a presentation today to five people. Make it an occasion. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way we got to live. But that's how I'm getting through till the pubs are open. I know, which is imminently. Yeah. We are very excited. We'll be Super free soon. Excited. But even though things will be opening up again, we are going to be doing more podcasts. And I know we say this every time, but here we are back again. And we will be back again. In six months again. Time. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't worry, dear listeners. I will <laughs> wrangle her into an episode. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah. See you later. Bye. This is just a little extra to say. Morgana has checked her inbox and Club Kids have got back to me saying that they will be releasing more tickets for the Drag Race show. Woohoo! So yeah, as soon as we logged off, Morgana's got an email. Very exciting. Who are you going to go with? Do you want to come? I'll come. I'll come along to the drag show.